your eyes to the skies. It's time for Spaced Out on 95PFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium. David Britton. That's me. G'day, mate. How are you? Not too bad. Being hungry. You sounding good? Oh, look, I'm just ready to space out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, maybe I can space you out a little bit more. <laughs> Tell us about this cute little Japanese team, what they're up to. Right, well, we're, our focus over the last uh, few weeks was on um, Bennu, uh, um, the NASA mission to get uh, uh, samples from there and, and uh, bring it back. Um, but in fact, the Japanese are, are ahead of them. Their mission to another asteroid called Ryugu um, is nearing its end. Um, the samples will be arriving back on the 6th of December. Um, they, they did things slightly uh, differently. They didn't use sort of high-powered rockets and so on. They used a, an engine that has the force equivalent to a piece of A4 paper sitting on your hand. So it's very, very weak. I love space. But it can go for a very, like, weeks at a time. It doesn't just fire for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And so using this um, ion engine, I-O-N, using um, uh, electricity to excite gases and send the gases out the back at very high speed, it's been able to um, travel. Uh, at the moment, the total distance travelled is 5,242,678,500, uh, sorry, 600, 6,500,000, it's going up all the time, <laughs> kilometres. So, um, so that kind of answers my question I was going to ask, a silly, silly question. How far away are these asteroids, like further than the moon and that? Well, this particular asteroid actually comes pretty close to the Earth. It's not going to hit the Earth, don't mm. worry about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fairly uh, close. So um, that d did help in this particular mission. It didn't have to go um, you know, halfway to Jupiter or anything like that. Mm. Um, but nevertheless, um, they've done this before. They brought back samples from um, asteroid um, Itakawa back in 2010. Are they unmanned, by the way? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's a long mission. Um, yeah, 2,182 days. So right, right, right. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's unmanned. Uh, uh, the good thing for us in, w in one way is that the landing site is in Australia. Oh, look at that. Nearby. Yeah. Do they know what sort of sample it's bringing back, what this asteroid is made of in any way, shape or form? Do they have any idea? Oh, if they have an idea, yeah. Mm. I mean, before they even launched, they had some idea. Uh, but obviously getting samples and analysing them with um, equipment on Earth, you can find out um, you know, a whole bunch more stuff than mm. you can using a telescope uh, from Earth. What's the likelihood of it being made of a material that they have never seen before? Alien. Ma material that what? That uh, no one has ever seen before. What if it's <laughs> something alien? Um, pretty low, I have to mm. say. I mean, the chances of finding something that is, in a, in a, a phrase, alien, mm. um, is pretty low because we're all made from the same stuff the solar system is Stardust. made from. Stardust. I was saying that to John actually just before. Yeah. Stardust. Yeah, so, so um, I mean, occasionally um, something does pop up in, 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 uh, in science that way, but uh, it's, it's pretty rare these days. I mean, given what we've already discovered and what we know about elements and minerals and chemistry, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm not, so, not going to rule that out, don't, so don't quote me on that. Right, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, who knows, but I think it's extremely unlikely. Okay. Um, 
Is it? Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. What, yeah, what else is going uh, on? This mission, I should add, it's December 6th to come back, so it's only 11 days away. Right. But the spacecraft, in fact, is not entering the Earth's atmosphere. What it's going to do is going to release um, the capsule that has the samples in it. And that capsule is going to come through at about 12 kilometers a second through the atmosphere, mm. um, slow down, get very hot, and then a parachute will slow it down and it'll land in Australia. Okay. And the people near sort of Cuba Petty, you know, the opal mining area, um, they might see it flying overhead. Mm -hmm. How much control do they have of that once it's released? Just uh, and, and Up until the parachute, um, none. It's entirely... That's epic. They've just got to get it right first time. Okay, so they just chose the one of the largest sort of places are they, they could aim are for. Are there going to be like <laughs> teams of RVs cruising through the Australian outback at high speed trying to get there first? Or what happens if some local just gets hit? No, it, the, where it's landing is the Woomera um, rocket landing, so no, okay. it's um, pretty all precise. Secure. And they're actually shutting a highway that the spacecraft will pass over, just in case it, it comes down um, sooner than they're predicting. Mm. Um, but but the people should see it like, like a bright meteor mm. going across the sky. If oh. I find it, can I just chuck it on eBay, or do I get in trouble? Or? Um, yeah, but, but welcome to it, but I'm, I'm sure you won't. Okay, all right. <laughs> no, no, challenge accepted. But as I think, the spacecraft itself, though, is going to fly past the Earth. It's, mm. it, it doesn't um, come down to Earth. It's only the sample capsule it does. And what happens, it's still got nearly half the fuel on board. Oh, where's so it going? Where's it, where's well, it up to now? Well, it's going to visit another asteroid in 2026. Fucking uh, This is a high-speed flyby. And then it's going to come past the Earth twice with swing bias, get a bit more momentum uh, and velocity and then go to another one um, and rendezvous with another asteroid in 2031. Wow. How big are these asteroids that it's meeting up with? Well, um, small. Uh, in fact, the, the one they're going to meet up with in 2031 is called a micro-asteroid. It spins around uh, and its rotation period about 10 minutes. So it's spinning very fast. So that'll be uh, quite a challenge to um, uh, observe that, and I don't think they'd be intending to land on that at all. Um, like a, a 50 metres across, 100 metres across in size? How many uh, tanker ships yeah, would it sorry, be? I don't know uh, the size of that asteroid, okay. sorry. Do you know how I'll big... Know, I'll know before 2031. It's around right. the size of a micro-asteroid. <laughs> <coughs> What's going on in, uh, how do I say this, Eric? Arecibo. Thank you very much. Carry on. Arecibo, the radio telescope. Um, this is a huge um, radio telescope that's um, located in Puerto Rico. Um, it's been there uh, since 1960, 63, I think that's when it first operated. Um, and I told you about a cable snapping on it a little while ago, and they were looking to repair that. Um, unfortunately, they, before they could start any repairs, a second cable broke, mm. and it's got to the point where even um, they had three separate engineering reports, basically, and they said there's no way to repair the damage that doesn't put personnel at risk. Oh, okay. Or undue risk. So they've had to make the very tough decision to decommission and uh, and and stop using the facility. Um, they're not even sure that they can dismantle it safely. Um, the, the telescope has got three huge concrete towers and cables from those three towers that come down into a natural depression in the ground. Mm. 
Um, we're talking something that's over 300 metres across, so it's right. very, very large. Right. And those cables then hold the telescope surface that is suspended above the ground on other cables. And so to get an observation, the radio waves are reflected from that um, dish onto the, 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 the collector, which is suspended on other cables above all that. Are we talking about the same um, radio telescope that was in the Bond movie? Yep. Far out, yeah, it's wicked. Yeah, GoldenEye. Yeah, 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 you got it, you got it. Yeah, and it was also in the movie um, Contact. Cool. Um, and, and a few other things. It yeah. is massive, it is massive. It is. Maybe it just is. turn it I mean, into a massive skate park or something. Eclipsed by a, um, a Chinese telescope that um, opened in 2016, which is half a kilometre wide. Um, so, yeah, there are, so that's a larger one, and that's still operating. But the difference with Arecibo is that it didn't just um, gather radio waves and observe them. It could send radio signals, like a radar dish. Oh. Mm. And so what it was able to do, for instance, with close-passing asteroids, you could get images and see the shape of it uh, and whether it was rotating and how fast it was rotating by bouncing radio waves off those objects. Right, just like uh, a sort of submarine would. Well, sort of, except this is a radio signal, that's right. Mm. Uh, And no other um, large radio telescope can do that. So that is probably the the main technical loss. Um, There's a lot of science, obviously, that's been done and was being done when this happened. Mm. Um, And the local economy will also suffer. This is in Puerto Rico, Mm. um, relatively poor um, part of the world in the Caribbean. And uh, yeah, the infrastructure there um, is going to, and the, the local population is going to um, miss out. Uh, any plans to replace it? Nearby, any plans to build a replacement nearby? What do they do with it, though? Like, no, they're nowhere near thinking about that at this stage. Mm, okay. I mean, there's still a chance that this whole thing could just collapse on its own before they right. can even safely dismantle it. So it's likely I mean, that... part of it they'd like to keep. Mm. and use elsewhere, but you've got to get it down safely. It's somewhere. likely that this Chinese telescope telescope will be getting a uh, sorry, um, yeah, telescope will be getting a lot more work now, I guess, right? Um, yeah, yeah, the, the, the things will move to other um, facilities with mm. the actual science projects, um, and those astronomers and, and science groups will have to fit in and get slotted in with other programs, that's right. So, also something else closing down, Skyscan with a K. Skyscan with a K, yeah. Mm. Skyscan is a a planetarium um, theatre company. Um, They uh, provide the equipment for the Wellington Planetarium, the Carter Observatory, and and elsewhere, especially in Australia. Um, They've been struggling recently um, financially, um, and uh, the COVID um, pandemic uh, seems to have been the, the last straw, and um, that, that's closed down. So, yeah, that's a bit of a shame that mm. um, yeah, another um, uh, casualty of, of the pandemic in this case. Um, the, 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 we don't use that. We use um, uh, a different uh, system at Stardome, so we're not affected, mm. thank goodness. Now, the, chi- the Chinese have been up to the moon, and they're coming back with some rocks. Uh, well, they're on their way to the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not on their way back quite yet. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is the first um, uh, mission of its sort <clears throat> since uh, 1976. Oh, how do so, they do it without Stanley Kubrick? So, well, that was Kubrick's movie was 68. So <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry, I've got to perpetuate these little things, <laughs> mate. You know how it is. 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's um, quite exciting to see them doing this. I mean, it's um, using modern, updated technology, but mm. the basic um, system's the same. So I'll give updates on that um, as uh, the mission progresses uh, in subsequent shows. No so doubt, no uh, doubt. Did you just say it's the first mission to the moon since 76 to pick up rocks and come back to Earth? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Will yeah. they, like, kick over the American flag or anything like that when they're there? <laughs> well, there's no one on board. It's unmanned. <laughs> oh, yeah. right. Oh, dang it. And I don't yeah. think they'd do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I hope now, they don't. Now, what's happening at the Stardome? Uh, Stardome. Um, we've got uh, a whole bunch of um, stuff. Um, music, lights, and lasers are back. Mm. Um, so there are classic Pink Floyd spectacle at full volume every Tuesday for the rest of the year. Mint. So uh, you can relive two of the greatest albums of all time, Dark Side of the Moon and The Wall. Right. And the this psychedelic splendor on our planetarium dome, complete with a laser light show. Um, we've also got the wine, cheese and astronomy evenings every Wednesday night for the rest of the year. Um, that's right till um, the end of December. We're not closing down um, between Christmas and New Year this year. We're going right through. Um, it's a great night to take in the stars. Uh, complimentary drink and nibbles and telescopes will be out in the courtyard um, for all our evening shows, weather permitting. Um, get out and have a look through those. Um, the big uh, Zeiss telescope is up and running now, um, but uh, it's not uh, um, available uh, for public viewing every night, so you need to check on our website um, or, or phone in to find out when it's available. So our website, stardome.org.nz. Uh, you can book online for any of the shows there. Uh, and the phone number is 6241246 if you want to make a booking um, uh, on, on, on by phone. Or you just go to www.stardome.org.nz to get the full stats for sure. That's right. Easy. Yeah. Uh, one thing that uh, is coming up is we've got a full moon on the 30th. Uh, that's next Monday. Oh. And this will be slightly different because as it rises, as the moon comes up, as the sun sets, it's going to look a bit dark. Hmm. That's because there's a lunar eclipse. Now, it's not a total lunar eclipse. It's called a partial penumbral eclipse. Partial okay. penumbral, okay. All that means is it's the edge of the Earth's shadow. It's not the middle of the Earth's shadow that's going on the moon. It's the edge of the Earth's shadow. So it will make the moon a little bit darker. Um, but you need to be in a dark site probably to see it properly. Um, and probably to get the best idea of it is to see the moon the next couple of nights, how much brighter and the color difference to what it will be on the 30th um, um, as that eclipse happens. The moon will be a little bit darker and maybe t slightly redder. Well, just ever so slightly. Are people going to buzz out like harder than they normally do, or will it be... Sorry? You know how the full moon seems to have an effect on people? Will this be a stronger <laughs> effect or less effect, do you think? I'm not an expert on the, the werewolf effect, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know whether eclipses of the moon, uh, when it's full, um, affect that at all. Oh, man. Yeah, maybe it's, uh, some, some scientists could follow that up, perhaps. Uh, that's fair enough, mate. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have <laughs> you. Uh, joking, you stay anyway. in your lane. You're doing your thing, which is fantastic. <laughs> David uh, Britton of the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium, it's always a pleasure, mate. We will catch you in a couple of weeks. Look forward to it. Kia ora. Hey. Control, we are docked. That was spaced out on 95 BFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium.